GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the Games Little Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me remotely, my co-hosts and my producers, the Dead Eye Knight and Player One Miggy. Yeah, pizza time. Pizza time? Yeah, pizza time. Yeah, pizza time. I was going to say, I'm flying high this week, guys. Not only did I actually play video games this week, I purchased a video game this week. So I'm a wild man. I'm living on the edge this week. Oh. I Slow down. Both. I did both gaming-related I'm not sure I can handle this. I'm just used to you saying right. that you were too busy and didn't do anything, and yet you're still on this video game podcast. But here we are. You actually <laughs> have something to contribute this week. So welcome to episode 322. It only took 321 episodes to make Deadite useful. Welcome to the podcast. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, we want to thank our patrons. If it wasn't for our patrons... Deadite wouldn't have been able to finally figure out what a video game is today. That's true. Uh, we have we have me an extensive tutoring program uh, that allows me to learn how to read, and through that, I've been able to enjoy all the various video games that require reading nowadays, which is a surprisingly high amount. Um, I'm really liking this new uh, new game called Pokemon. A lot of reading. <laughs> Very cute, though. Very cute. I'm still trying to figure out uh, the strategy of the whole thing, but um, I have this friend Charmander, and he's very good. And that's thanks to you and your support getting me in that tutoring program at the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids That Can't Read Good and Want to Learn to Do Other Things Good, too. So thank you, patrons. So go to patreon.com slash gamezillamedia. That's where you can become a patron and not only help keep this show rolling, this show happening for free once a week, as well as the other wonderful shows at gamesdellamedia.com, but you can continue to contribute to my literate growth, and that is really what's important. Patronage starts at just $1 per month. You have a couple cool perks there at $1, uh, including the State of the Zilla show that launches once a month, collaboration across many of the hosts on the Gamezilla Media Network, and my ridiculous, I'm currently working on a new one, and I'm uh, it's going to be a little bit different than the first two. Pretty excited about it. Uh, the real... The real goodness comes in at that $5 a month level. That's where you get exclusive access to shows not available anywhere else on the entirety of the World Wide Web. Every show in the GameZilla Media Network will produce one bonus show per month available there for you at the $5 exclusive content level, including releasing this week, Must or Bust, where us here in the GameZilla Podcast give you a little preview of what games are coming out in August and which ones you should buy and which ones you should not please head over to patreon and join our patronage and thank you so much to everyone that currently supports us we appreciate you immensely yeah all right well thanks to our patrons uh also remember you guys we are live every week every monday night 7 30 p.m eastern time on twitch.tv slash gamezilla media 
And um, if you can't catch the whole show live or you missed us, then you can watch the entire video on our YouTube channel, GameZilla Media. And, of course, listen to this great show and all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitchers, Spotify, Google uh, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is you like to listen to podcasts, we're there. Please give us five stars. Please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Helps us so much. So, And then lastly, we um, now that we're reestablished on Twitch, we want to remind everybody that we do, uh, and we do indeed accept Twitch Prime subs. If you don't know what a Twitch Prime sub is, you get it. If you're Twitch Prime, if you're Amazon Prime, you get one for free. And we would like it. So please consider us for your Twitch Prime sub. Yeah, help, help your boys <laughs> out. All right, anyways, uh, we do have some news for you this week. So, Deadite, let's get into the news. News, 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 it was perfect! <laughs> After 20 weeks of being... <laughs> it was perfect! The I Dream of News theme. <laughs> oh my goodness, I didn't know we were going to be able to actually pull it off, but it only took 20 weeks. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Topic number one! PlayStation 5 will support PS4 controllers. But only for playing PS4 games. That's right. Sony is confirming today that existing PS4 controllers will not work with PS5 games. We believe the PS5 games should take advantage of the new capabilities and features we're bringing to the platform, including the features of DualSense wireless controller, um, says, the, says Sony in a statement. Sony says that the existing DualShock 4 controllers and officially licensed third-party PS4 controllers will work with supported PS4 games. Sony doesn't list those games, but the company does confirm that the officially licensed racing wheels, arcade sticks, and flight sticks will work with PS5 games and supported PS4 games. Sony's um, existing PS Move motion controllers and the PlayStation VR uh, aim controller which is literally just a giant plastic stick, so yeah, I would imagine that would work, will also work with supported PSVR games on the PS5. This move does mean that PS5 owners will need to buy additional controllers to play PS5 games, uh, much like how PS3 controllers didn't work on the PS4. Uh, While Microsoft Xbox 360 controllers didn't work on Xbox One, the company has committed to supporting Xbox One controllers fully compatible on the Xbox Series X console. So, um, the, the big thing here is Microsoft has only made minor changes to their controller where Sony, on the other hand, has redesigned its PS5 DualSense controller around adaptive triggers, integrated microphone, new haptic feedback, um, even the PS5 game that bundled with the console Astro's Playroom, uh, looks like a showcase for DualSense's new features. So, the interesting thing about this article is... They also state, or, or sorry, I read in a, in a different article that they state that though they, they, let, they claim that officially licensed third-party stuff will work, they don't guarantee it. So basically it should work, but if it doesn't, it's not our fault. Okay, cool. 
it is good to hear that arcade sticks and and racing wheels and all that stuff will work. So I mean, you, you know that that part is uh, you know, it's, some people have invested quite a bit of money into that type of stuff. So um, hopefully it does indeed work and work well. But um, I don't think there's a ton of news here. I think once we saw the controller releases of the DualSense. We kind of, I kind of had a feeling that backwards compatibility of, say, your Astro C40 $200 controller all of a sudden wasn't going to really make that transition very well to PS5. Um, and I don't know if the controller does have some cool features, if those features are actually utilized for once and they're actually utilized well and often, then I mean, I would want the better experience anyways and give me the new controller. Um, none of us here have gotten our hands on anything to understand the, uh, the, the, uh, dual sense. I want to call it the dual shock five still the dual sense for the PS five or even the new Xbox controller, how it's going to feel different or anything. But I do like this, the idea that my Xbox elite series two controller, I can just bring it over to my series X system and play whatever game I want. Thoughts, uh, did I? It, I mean, it's the same move from GameCube to Wii, right? You could use the GameCube controller on GameCube games, but you really couldn't do much else with a GameCube controller when it came to compatibility with Wii games. Um, outside of I think Smash Brothers or something. So, uh, I'm not I'm not surprised by this move. It, it's good because Sony, if you want people to adapt and you're promoting backwards compatibility, multiplayer coach couch co-op games like, you know, it'd be nice if I get a PlayStation 5 and my wife still wants to play Towerfall that I don't have to shell out for a bunch of extra controllers right away. So that kind of stuff is good. It's one of those things that I understand that development wise, they want you to use the new controller for new games but I do see it as a plus by being able to utilize the old controllers for old games. Cause there'd be no reason not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be more annoying. If it was like, Oh, well, you know, you want to play on the new system. Cause I have a big feeling it's going to be a minimum hundred dollar controller for a dual sense. That controller is not going to be uh, cheap. <laughs> so I don't um, think it's going to be, a, I don't think it's going to be a hundred dollar controller. I hope not, but I, I do nine ninety nine. I do, yeah, right. I do want to bring in uh, Johnny Riot over in in the chat on twitch.tv slash games on media saying, well, the Astro C40 isn't a first party controller, and also said it's up to the developer to support third party accessories. 100%, I agree with those statements, but, but I was stating officially licensed product. I wasn't saying first party product. The C40 is an officially licensed product by Sony. So, with all that being said, I think. The idea of a new game coming out that's going to utilize adaptive triggers and haptic feedback and stuff like that. If I was to want to be picky about this and say, if I fire up a DualShock 4 or my C40, then your system should just recognize it as a as a legacy device and disable those features and let me use the controller. Because from the standpoint of button input, it's the same. Right. So if I wanted to play that angle, I'm playing the angle that I don't care because I spend too much money on video games and I'll just buy a new controller. I don't care, but I am not the casual gamer. I am not the person that's looking for value. I am not that person. 
there are plenty of people out there that were probably hoping that they could bring some of their favorite gear over to the PS5, um, especially considering that PS4 had already been, they've already been talking about backwards compatibility, and they're like, well, if the DualShock's going to work on the PS5 for my PS4 games, then it'll probably work for my PS5 games. That way, if I don't like the DualSense, if it's too big, if it's something else, then I can just use my DualShock 4 controller, but you can't. So... That's the statement I'm making there. I don't care. I'm going to I'm going to go buy whatever Astro puts out next, whatever Sony puts out. If Sony releases a pro controller, I'll buy it. But you know, I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of just the 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 consumer level overall. But I um it doesn't shock me. I think it is a little bit confusing. I don't like how that I just said the example of the Wii and the GameCube. That was messy, in my opinion. And, you know, I mean, even even like <laughs> the Wii U and even the Switch coming out with, you know, releasing GameCube um, adapters that you could buy to plug in so, and it would work with one game. Like it creates fragmentation and it creates extra gear that you're that you're throwing in the drawer around your room. And it just creates what I feel is messy. It's a messy feeling. I like the idea that, again, going and looking at the Elite Series 2 controller or even just a standard Xbox controller. Maybe you have a Gears of War controller right now, or you just picked up the new Cyberpunk 2077 controller, and you like it. Guess what? You can use it on your PC, you can use it on your Xbox One, and you can use it on your Series X. No problem. One controller to, ser to serve you across all the platforms. Oh, and you can attach it to your phone and use it on xCloud. One controller. It's just clean. It's just simple. So, that's all I'm saying. I concur. Mickey, you got any, uh, anything on this one? No, nah, I think that's cool. Um, like, yeah, because I think, uh, was that a Super uh, Johnny or was that Super Lars um, that uh, was saying that, you know, um, I'm shocked to be, actually be able to use a, a previous-gen controller on the newer gen. I mean, I, I, we've seen it from Nintendo. Um, but I do like, again, um, what Microsoft is doing. It shows that they're looking out for consumers by uh, being able to use, you know, last gens like fully. So, I mean, it's cool. It's nothing expected. It doesn't matter to me because I'm going to get new hardware with my new hardware, but I just think, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think, um, I think the other thing that Microsoft is doing and just from, from personal experience that I've had is that they really pay attention to their controller being able to be used by the highest percentage of gamers, period. What I mean by that is they really have put a big focus on gamers with disabilities, accessibility to gaming, period. And so their controller, which can reach the, you know, let's just say, I'd say 95 to 99% of gamers at this point is it would be the percentage that that microsoft would put this controller in can use their controller and then obviously the the, the five to one percent depending on where you want to fall that their primary controller then have access to the adaptive controller which then allows them to to create whatever they they need in order to play video games 
So spending time with Microsoft and Xbox and learning what they were doing, they really cared about the weight of the controller, the shape of the controller, all these different things. Like maybe you have both your hands, but you have lost motor functionality in them or something from a, a nerve disorder or something, right? They, they, they're thinking about all of that, which is why the controller got lighter, slightly smaller. The rubberized grips changed. The tactile, the tactile triggers all of a sudden showed up. There's a lot of things that they put into these controllers that we just think oh it's a facelift but really they actually have a lot of purpose to them and i got to learn that last year and so for me i like the simplification here where sony's like well keep your old controller for your old games here's a new controller for your new games and and because of that you're starting you 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 can't have that that high percentage of like all gamers can use my product because we don't know Maybe the new controller is too big, too heavy, too whatever. And so, I don't know. I like it from the simplicity and just and focus that Microsoft seems to have right now. And But I understand that Sony is trying to be innovative in a way and try to bring some new technology in. I just think it's kind of silly that you're, you don't give your developers the option to let let something look like a look at it and say oh this is a legacy device turn off haptic feedback turn off cuz you cuz I'm going to be able to go into settings and turn this stuff off I I guarantee you it's going to happen because you're because gamers are want want control and so at that point when I bought a PS4 and I took my PS3 arcade stick and I plugged it into a USB port. Guess what it did? It made it turned it into a legacy device and let me use my Immortal Kombat arcade stick on my PS4. You've already done it before. You know? That's all I'm saying. But either way, whatever. See how it goes. Uh, topic number two, sticking with PlayStation right now, we do have the PlayStation State of Play that we were all getting excited for coming up this Thursday, baby. Just a few days away. Is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Just a few days away. Just a few days away. And uh, we all talked about um, Microsoft and the disappointment. Well, <sighs> The average, the disappointing to average show that they had. Um, not what we wanted to see. We wanted more gameplay. We thought this was really going to be that that first show where we really got like the push into next gen and what and and more of a reason to buy into the hardware, to buy into the belief. And so we made that comment last week that now it's Sony's turn. Sony's on, you know, Sony's on stage here, and and they they get the next chance to set the ground. Well. Turns out that the state of play that's returning on Thursday with a focus on third-party published games coming to, you guessed it, the PS4 and the PlayStation VR. Now. Yeah! <laughs> now. <laughs> we'll have a few PS5 game updates on third-party and indie titles that you last saw in June's PS5 showcase. We want more. So yeah, um, this was kind of like a this one. This article, by the way, was shared out by um by a fan here and and uh, a mod, uh, Super Lars, right? Super Lars, who likes to hang out in the stream, uh, here on Twitch.tv/slash Media. 
And I found I, I found it very interesting that they're focusing PS4 and PSVR and really just kind of lightly touching third-party and indie titles that we saw from June's PS5 showcase. Yeah, the the play is the state of play is gonna gonna weigh in in about forty minutes, forty plus minutes. Um, and they they say that they have a great lineup in store, um, featuring plenty of new gameplay footage and other uh, game updates. But I just to me, I'm like, I don't know. I uh, I was surprised. I thought I thought we were gonna get more PS5 focus here, um, and they do state in this in this uh, this is from the blog. It's from PlayStation. So blog.playstation.com. And just to be super clear, this is this is word for word what I'm reading. There will be no PlayStation Studio updates in Thursday's episode. There won't be any updates around hardware, business, pre-orders, or dates either. On Thursday, our focus is squarely on showcasing some cool upcoming games coming to the broader PlayStation ecosystem. Should be fun. So, so in other words, they're saying don't watch. There's nothing to see here. <sighs> so yeah, the new State of Play At episode. Least not leading us on. True. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, the new like I'd be way more mad. If we got through the whole thing and there was almost no PlayStation 5 information, at least they're telling us in advance. It's still not what we want, but it's like, at least they're not stringing us along. Yeah, and you you can check out the State of Play episode, which airs Thursday, August 6th. Uh, it's 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, you'll be able to catch it on Twitch and YouTube. But, um... I don't know. For me, I think this is this is you know you've heard me. This I'm sound like a like a you know just a broken record here. This is another missed opportunity by both these companies. Somebody needs to take the first punch. Somebody needs to take the first step and just put themselves out there. And I feel like both these companies are like, yeah, yeah. Well, we still got time. We still got time. And you know, as as I see in the chat right now, super large in all caps is like, take my money. Take it. Give me the pre-order. I need to lock this in right now. You know, there's a lot of rumors floating around about um, PlayStation just announced that they're upping their their manufacturing of the systems because they were they had announced that they were going to be delivering a less a smaller amount of systems at launch than the PS4 window, and now they've now they've announced they're going to ramp up production, but people still believe shortages are going to be real, um, which I think we've talked about. Anytime you have a new system that comes out from Xbox or Sony or Nintendo, um, shortages are real. So I think you know we are still sitting here wondering when we can lock these pre-orders in wondering um you know more details and instead we're gonna go watch a state of play for a system that most people that i know that aren't collectors are literally off there on ebay or or uh, facebook a market selling their ps4s right now because they're just getting ready for the ps5 and we're gonna go talk about ps5 which i mean sorry ps4 which um you know, let's we've all we're all kind of just on cruise control right now. We're playing on our current systems. We're on cruise control. There's not a really bit. Is there a big release that's coming out for any system right now? I mean, not, not counting Nintendo because they're not releasing a new system. But Cyberpunk? like for, Cyberpunk would be the game. But well, it's let's, so let's push to November. Now. It's so yeah. It's November now. So you're talking. I still keep thinking it's September and right, red. right. Avengers. Nothing coming out. Avengers, Avengers. 
and I understand that that systems are selling like mad. Um, um, Johnny Riot making that statement. Um, but the big thing about the big thing about this is that just no one. I just I just don't care. I don't care what you have to tell me about the PS4. I just don't care. If a game comes out and I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it. And, like, you don't have anything you're going to show me that's going to make me say, Oh, damn, I'm so glad I have a PS4. I've had a PS4 since launch day. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I have one. Like, for me, um, when you say Cyberpunk and Avengers and sports games, you don't need a state of play to tell me more about Cyberpunk. You've already done it, and then you've already delayed it multiple times, so just stop. And just get your get, get the game done, because I'm gonna buy it the second I can. I mean, hell, I already have bought it. I have the Cyberpunk 2077 Xbox One X that I bought like I th and I felt I was insane because I'm like I'm literally buying an Xbox One X at the end of its life. Like, what am I doing? But I still did it, and I still have this game that's gonna be sitting there now for months and months and months because they keep delaying it. I don't need to know more about Cyberpunk. I don't need to know more about um, ugly, ugly looking Avengers that look like. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Avengers game, guys. I don't feel very confident in that game. So unless they're about to come out and just show us like how they fixed it and changed everything, that game to me is like it's like anthem level of like. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. And you're you're breaking news that Spider-Man's gonna be coming to your to the PlayStation exclusively. Like, okay, cool. We're going backwards in the world of oh well, um, you know everything's crossplay and everything is is all this stuff. So now we're gonna go back to well, I get this character and you get that character and I get this sword and you get that gun and I get this skin and you get that like. I don't care. I just don't care. And I like Spider-Man. But I'm going to play Avengers on the system that I want to play Avengers on. Spider-Man or not is not going to make the reason why I play that game somewhere else. I mean, you had an entire game of Spider-Man to enjoy. <laughs> exactly. And it makes sense that because Marvel's making this deal with Insomniac, who is now a Sony-exclusive uh, first party, that they figured out how to make the deal to bring Spider-Man to the Avengers. It's not, it's not groundbreaking or hard to figure out. But, again, I don't need a state of play to explain this. Just release an article like you did today. Explaining that Spider-Man is coming to PS4 or coming to the PlayStation platform and everybody that's a PlayStation fan that plans to play this game there will be happy. But it's um I don't know, it's weird to me. I think I think the problem is and and Johnny Riot's hitting a lot of these points, you know, COVID has caused a lot of new people to get into the gaming. I feel like these are more for them. Companies have a really bad time at doing this. They see an opportunity where they go, oh my God, the casual gamer or the non-gamer is starting to pay attention to us. Flock, flock, flock. And then they go ahead and forget about the core gamer. They ignore the core gamer. And that, as a gamer, I don't, I don't know about mo you guys, but I'm going, to make an, I'm going to make a statement here. Gamers can quickly hold grudges. Because they're fanboys, because they're hardcore, or whatever you want to call them. 
So when somebody wrongs you with Dr. Pepper or something like that, and you swear them off for 17 years of your life, you know, it's I'd never do that. It's things like that that have caused me in the past where I've gone, where I've been hardcore one way and decided, you know what, let's go try out this Xbox 360. It doesn't look too bad after all, because Sony came out and decided they didn't want to pay attention. You know, they didn't want to listen to their fan base and they, they created this monstrosity that is $600 and I can't afford it. You know, so for me, and I'm referencing the PS3 at that point, but for me, too many times do companies see opportunity and go, oh my God, the casuals are paying attention to us quick. There's a lot of money to be had there. And I can't, you don't have to look very far past Bungie to watch a company that decided to go try to simplify their game and water it down so that, so that the masses would love their game and piss off the core group where the core, where their core gaming squad left and their game almost died because of it, you know, and they had to go and had to, had to backtrack and, and struggle and rewind and fix and they're still doing it. So like. If I'm Sony, if I'm Microsoft, and this isn't directed at any specific person. Right now we're talking about state of play because it's coming up in a couple days. And this is not what I expected out of Sony. Um, you know, after after Microsoft pretty much threw up all over themselves on stage, I'd be I'd be Sony circa PS4 announcement. And I'd be taking the stage ready to just sucker punch them 50 times and say, boom, here's a system. Boom, here's the pre-order. Boom, here's some gameplay. Boom, and just drop it all. You have the opportunity. You have the upper hand right now. Microsoft has now shit their pants twice on stage. Twice. And yet Sony sits back and says, we're going to let Microsoft go first. And it's like, I just to me, it's a missed opportunity. I look at this as a missed opportunity. But, you know, I just think back to the day the Xbox decided to go throw up all over themselves when they were like, okay, well, you can't share games and everything's going to be DRM and all this stuff. And everyone sat in that stage and was like, uh, what? And then Sony took walked on stage two people and said, here's how you share a game on ps4 and they handed it they handed the game case from one guy to the other smiled pretty much flicked the camera off in microsoft's direction and walked off the stage and they sold me a ps4 at that moment at that very moment i was like ps4 pre-order done let's go that's what that's that's the attitude i want to see out of sony right now Hell, that's the attitude I want to see out of anybody right now, honestly. I want to see somebody feel like they believe in their next generation of technology. It's, it's August. If these things are presumably dropping in November, we're out, we're out of time. <laughs> right? You're asking consumers right now to literally blindly make a choice. And some will. Because, again, we're fanboys. So some will say, I'm day one. I'm going to buy you know, this one day one. Screw the other one, right? You're still going to have those people. I'm that person that's like, well, I'm going to buy one of each because that's just who I am. And then you have people like Deadite who's like, I have no reason to even consider it. You have shown me 0% reason to consider any chance that I buy one. Now, in the past, it was because... He had to be responsible with his money. But currently, he's in a situation that if there was a reason, 
if you were to show off a reason that was like, oh, damn, I want to get in on this from the beginning. He's that person that you need to convince because, yes, he's that one that you could flip. He's on the fence right now, and he's going to stay on the fence until either a sale happens or until you actually give them a reason to make a decision. And you haven't. I, either way. I have a I have a 4K HDR TV, 65-inch with the sound system, just asking for something other than my stock PS4 to be plugged into it so I can have a wonderful gaming experience. And neither of the companies are giving me confidence that's happening for me this fall. Yeah, it makes more sense for you to sit back and go, all right, well, I know, I know Graham's going to buy a Series X, and then I'll just, I'll just borrow one of his one, one X's at this point. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah, reason. Absolutely. And then just get in on Game Pass <laughs> and start playing Halo in the yeah. fall and then figure out what I want to buy six months from now. Yep. Exactly. I mean, no, like eight months from now, you know, right. you know what I mean? Like I could take time and still not miss out on things because they're giving us that opportunity by not selling us early. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know for me, this show, I mean, I'm glad that there's going to be some PS five updates, but it's all third party and indie. So I, I don't know to what extent it's going to be, but you know, maybe there'll be something good there, but I, I'm I'm a I'm a little disappointed for sure. And we're we're rolling like you said, we're just in the beginning of August here. Like I don't know, man. Like we have to know by the end of August, right? Like if we don't know and we're going into September, that's insane, right? Am I crazy? That's insane. So here's what here's what I'm thinking about that makes it seem less crazy. Wasn't it in January? we found out what the Switch's price was going to be. Like, it was two months before the Switch launch, which was different because there wasn't competition. It was its own release window, its own unique system. So it's a different situation, but it was like, I feel like it was late January. It was like a month and a half, realistically, or something like that. I mean, we can look at the Switch because it is that la it's the last system to launch right now, but... but you also have to look at the unique situation that Nintendo was in. They wouldn't, Nintendo would have never done that if they didn't have to. If the Wii U was yeah. selling well and healthy, we wouldn't have known about the switch for some time. They had, they had no choice. That was, that was an emergency move of, Hey, we got to do this now or we might not be making systems anymore. So I think for me looking at that, I mean, it didn't work out for them, but look, it's, I mean, Sega was, Sega tried to do some similar stuff when, when they wanted to go and just drop, you know, drop a bomb and be like, boom, here's our new system. It's available today. And everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, wait, what? But I think Nintendo, yeah, they did a good job in the sense that they didn't have a window that they really could stretch. Mm -hmm. And when you look at like Microsoft or, or Sony in the past, or even Nintendo in the past for that matter, this window that we're starting to look at for the PS5 and the Series X is not not normal. You're right. The, the, the thing that I think sometimes we forget is a good portion of people that are interested in purchasing hardware, they need the time to financially plan and save. The, the three of us can be thankful that we're all, you know, settled in our adult lives and financially secure enough where we could buy whatever we want, whenever we want, 
you know, within, you know, within reason in the world of video games, like we want a video game system. We're not going to miss out on paying our rent or feeding ourselves to go buy video games, but there are people that really it'd be helpful for them to know the price so they can financially manage for the next couple months and hope to be able to afford one of these systems. Absolutely. You know, it, it, you don't want to put people in a situation, you know, cause people do make bad decisions and they would put it on a credit card that they can't pay off and that sort of stuff. So you, you would just hope that people would have the lead be given the lead time to do the right thing. Yeah. It, it starts to make you wonder about, um, is there more going on? behind the scenes than we know I know a lot of them are like, everything's good. Everything's in production. Everything's on time. All the deliveries are being made, but like, is there something going on where they're still afraid to make an announcement of, of date and maybe even cost right now? Because maybe there, we are going to see a delay. I mean, everything else has been delayed. Everything. Games, movies, everything that has some sort of manufacturing or production or something has been delayed because of COVID, because of just the world being upside down right now. Is it possible they don't want to admit it, but both these companies might be still unsure if they're going to meet any target date that they originally had set? I'm thinking, I'm thinking they're afraid. Um, I mean, it's taking both, both sides taking everything into consideration with uh, what's going on, you know, uh, in the world right now, then you've got people that are, um, that have lost like their jobs and everything. And if they, they know, I think the system, the decision, if the system drops at about, uh, about 600 bucks, I mean, that's going to be a bloke. And, 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 and how quickly are those going to move? I mean, the people that are still financially stable, that are so fortunate that can, you know, splurge, and buy those luxury uh, luxury items. You know how many of those are out there that are actually going to do? Are they going to make the money? I mean, is it going to be a good look or a bad look for the company because we're in the state that we're in? So I think I think they're afraid. One, they're both afraid to make that first move to put that to put that on. So even though they are a business, you know, and they're in business to make money, it's just you know how they're going to look and how how is it going to sell? How are we going to react to the price point? Right. Well, time will see. Time will tell. We'll uh, keep everybody posted as we learn more. But uh, let's see what Sony has to give us on Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll talk to more about that. I'm sure on the next episode. Moving into the next topic, though, we do have some Microsoft news. And Microsoft, there was a rumor that broke. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that rumor now, and that is that Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play, and up to 120 frames per second. So, sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) according to Microsoft, but who knows? Halo, at this point, who knows? I don't know who to believe anymore. Um, (laughs) Halo Infinite's multiplayer mode will be free to play and support up to 120 frames per second. Microsoft has announced this. Uh, The news comes after the leak from um, a toy superstore um, post. Uh, which they briefly posted on uh, on a Google page uh, uh, details about Halo Infinite multiplayer. Um, Quickly removing it, obviously, once the internet discovered the references. Uh, The Legendary Halo series returns with the most expansive Master Chief campaign yet and a groundbreaking free-to-play multiplayer experience. Enjoy up to 120 frames per second and greatly reduce load times, creating seamless gameplay with the Xbox Series X. That was what the quote was on the website. Um... An Xbox leaker that accurately revealed previous Halo Infinite details backed up the claims that the multiplayer mode will be free to play uh, and also claimed that the arena mode will aim for 120 frames per second, which Microsoft has also confirmed. 
uh, and that multiplayer Halo Infinite will include a battle pass system and new customization options, um, which that has not been confirmed, but um, the track record of this of this leaker has been very accurate so far. 343 Industries hasn't revealed much about the multiplayer aspects of Halo Infinite yet. The game developer posted a lengthy blog post responding to Halo Infinite questions, um, including addressing the criticism around graphics that we talked about and the visuals of the game, which we don't need to get into again. But overall, I think this is, you know, this is good news. We've seen this strategy work really well with the the idea of um look at warzone for example call of duty just giving you the battle royale learning from their mistakes of locking it behind the 60 dollars paywall in the previous game uh, back when they called it blackout um and following suit to yes you're going to have this core game yes it's going to cost money but if if you just want to play multiplayer just download it and enjoy it I think they realize what is happening here is that people will buy, will play the free version and a certain percentage of them will go and buy the game because of it. Others won't, but you are going to convert some people that maybe you would have never gotten the first time around if literally they wouldn't have been able to try Halo unless they spent 60 bucks. So I think it's a smart move. Obviously, the frame rate is, a, is impressive. Um, we'll see. We'll see how... Uh, how they achieve it and if they can achieve it but the claim you know them claiming it is some of the first um f some of the first 120 fps that we've seen we've been seeing a lot of 4k 60 you know so is the idea here that they're talking about this because they're not worried about 4k we're going to be running in just hd standard 1080 120 frames per second i don't you know we don't know time we'll we'll see what they have to say but um yeah, I think it's a smart move. When we talked about this just last week about Halo getting back into the competitive scene, back into that world that you know millions and millions of players can enjoy the game, a free multiplayer mode is, is the way to do it. Any comments, guys? I think that's exactly what you do to successfully place a franchise like this into the competitive spotlight. If now every person that owns an Xbox one or newer can just hop in with any friend and start playing halo. The franchise that built Xbox Xbox was built on the back of halo. There's no doubt about that. And they're going to have success in these next couple of years by modernizing halo and allowing people to play halo the way they want to. And the way that we've come accustomed to with other franchises and I, I don't know if this also applies to PC players. If so, all the better. But I mean, that's going to be big. Everyone who owns uh, an Xbox is going to have the access, is going to have the ability to play Halo with everyone else that owns an Xbox. Yeah. Seems like a win. And then I think the one thing that we're, you know, that we're not, not considering is that we're talking about free versus $60 is that now you're talking about free versus Game Pass. So now those people that enjoyed the free version, but maybe they want the full game because it's going to be easier to, I don't know. Like I think, a, I think a call of duty for one example, right? You got a battle Royale mode. It's free. It's fun, but it's harder to level level guns up in that game. But if I have the multiplayer pack over here, then I can level guns up. Right. So like if you, if there's that angle, a, you know, a $15 investment into something versus a $60 investment is a lot easier for people to say, well, I'm going to grab this for a month. 
and see if I like it. And then when, when they grab it for a month and they enjoy Halo, but they also decide to try Forza Horizon, Gears of War, you know, and, and 10 other games, and then all of a sudden they just stay on the Game Pass, right? So it's, um, it's an interesting move. It's a smart move. I think it's um, a great way to, to drop Halo right back in the middle of things and try to shake up a pretty locked down genre right now where I feel like you have your giants and everybody that's tried to come like shake up this, this area has had uh mediocre success to, I to no one cares about you anymore. And you know, if anybody can do it, I think it's halo as far as getting, you know, moving themselves back into the, the limelight there, but we'll see. Um, you know, this obviously comes at the same time that Xbox has rebranded. We talked about them getting rid of game pa- or getting rid of Xbox live. And now they are, um, calling, they're calling their game pass. They dropped the word Xbox out of it. It is simply called game pass. Now, yes, the Xbox logo still floats above it. So in theory, it's Xbox game pass, but they, they're, they're cleaning everything up and we're really starting to look at this possibility that Xbox gold might just be free or might just be bundled into game pass could be free. You might not have to pay for online multiplayer anymore. So now you have halo for free. An online multiplayer for free on console. We don't know what PS5 is doing yet, but you know it wasn't. It was. It wasn't until the PS4 that we had to pay for PS Plus to be able to play multiplayer. So like, what's the move, right? We'll see. But if this is this is the way that we're moving, if you think of you know you guys brought up, I think last week it might have been Dead Eye that brought up the fact that like, oh, and Mickey brought it up that. Uh, when you play on PC, you don't have to worry about this crap, right? If as long as you have access to the game and the game has online functionality, then you're online. And, you know, yeah, you may have to jump through an extra hoop here or there to use a decent chat system or something like that. But is a chat system in 2020 enough to charge someone seven bucks a month for Xbox Gold? No, it's not because I can just go launch a Discord server for free and use it. So I think, yeah, we're, we're seeing a shift here and, um, you know, Xbox could really set themselves up with free multiplayer, free online play, but for 10 bucks a month, you can get into game pass. And for $15 a month, you get game pass X cloud and the whole deal. And you could play all of halo and you could play all of the, everything else that they have to offer, um, anytime you want on any device that's, that's supported streaming or not so that's um that that's the interesting sell point for microsoft right now another thing I definitely heard real, go ahead no, nothing i heard real quick about the uh the game pass and uh and, and again i'm gonna i'm gonna reach into the rumor mill so take this you know with this with the tiniest grain of salt but um them dropping the xbox logo off of you know the game pass um well you know there was a rumor of like possibly we getting game pass on like the switch and possibly on playstation um people are people are saying that this could be a um a way for them to possibly get like game pass on other consoles without having that xbox brand right there so it just says game pass well the logo is there though they just dropped the word i mean that's for me the word not the game yeah, the logo, but, but the, the big x is still floating above Prominent. game pass uh-huh. so it's still in theory xbox game pass 
It the, still makes sense for branding with PC players, you know, to drop the, the word Xbox. The idea you know? is that years ago, Phil Spencer said Xbox is not a hardware. It's not hardware. It is a way of gaming is what they really wanted to do. They wanted to try to take the Xbox brand and, and take it beyond the console. And they've done a good job with it. I mean, they, they really have expanded the PC well, and the xCloud platform has been promising. And they're, the way they've been sharing with Nintendo and, and then also even the, the companies they're buying up, they don't just lock down those games. They let them go to PlayStation and everywhere else has been um, very, very cool to see. But, you know, the problem that I read today from a, uh, it was a Forbes article was your, your brand is still called Xbox. The word box is still right there you know talking about hardware and so you are so them trying to then make it more of a visual image versus a word could you know could work out better for them and and clean up the branding so we'll see uh we'll see where it all leads but i mean xbox doesn't really care where you play games i think is pretty much what we've said in the past johnny riot's saying it right now um thanks to game pass i have no reason um to not buy a Series X, but at the same time, thanks to Game Pass, I don't have to buy I don't have to buy any hardware in theory. This year, I don't have to buy anything. I could play Halo on ultra, ultra settings through Game Pass right on my PC. I could play Halo Infinite, not on ultra settings, but still run decently on my Xbox that I already own. I could play it on my xCloud Pixel phone with a controller attached to it. And yes, I could go out and buy a new system and enjoy it there. The idea is they don't care. They want you to be a subscriber. That's what they want. They're not, we all know they're not going to make big bucks off, their, off the hardware. No one ever makes big money off the hardware. Most of the time, they end up losing a little bit of money, at least at the get-go, until they can you know, crunch, crunch down some of the technology and be able to make it more efficient. And because they make it more efficient... They're able to manufacture it cheaper, like, but you know, we'll see. Xbox isn't a box; it's a concept at this point, um, says Johnny Riot. So yeah, absolutely. They they really are moving that way, and 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 they're doing a really they're doing the best job of it so far that I've seen from anyone, except maybe Stadia. Stadia is amazing. Go. <laughs> uh. Anyways. All right, we got one more. We got one last topic. So, moving on. This dropped today. Um, a teaser trailer. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season Five patches already live. Um, and it's another big update, but they are adding quite a bit, which is which is really cool. Um, so the patch season five patch has gone live ahead of the game's new uh, new batch of content dropping later on the. Fifth, am I correct? It's the fifth, I believe. I think that's right. Yep, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be another strain on your hard drive. So let's make sure that you have the space to get this thing started. So let's cover this. The hefty patch is already live across PC, PS4, Xbox One, um, and you can confirm. We can confirm that the, the it comes in at just over 36 gigabytes on PlayStation Four. 
though it requires you to have around 90 gigabytes of storage free just to initiate the download. Oh, come on. So it needs basically storage for temporary to temporary put, you know, put things before compression and, and optimization and all that. So Infinity Ward production director Paul um, Hale, um, Haley said, warned that the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 5 patch size would be big uh, earlier today on Twitter, clarifying that the overall size of the game will actually shrink on your console after the download. So. Yes, it's 36 gigs. Yes, you need 90 gigs just for them to be able to manage some stuff. But when it's all said and done, the total size that your game is today will actually be less with this new patch. Cool. Now, um, that's with that out of the way, because we're, anybody that's playing Call of Duty, anybody that's playing Warzone, we're, we're used to... Uh, we are used to dealing with this every time they drop a patch. But... The, well, let's talk about what the patch is. The new season of Call of Duty Warzone will include major changes to Warzone, including a moving train and the opening of the stadium. Ooh, finally. With potential crossover tie-ins. I've been dying for that. Yeah, I know you haven't, but <laughs> some of us have. That whole area of the map is useless. They have to do something with it. Um, potential crossover tie-ins to the new Call of Duty 2020, which have yet to be revealed, but um, people are, are starting to murmur about them locking this stuff into uh, to it. So the idea of the stadium is pretty cool. The stadium is a giant structure in the map, and it um, it was just kind of a death zone. Like, there's nothing on the roof. You can go around the edge, and yes, there's a lot of gear, but you really never wanted to have to go there um, in that map. So the fact that you're opening up the stadium and it's a fully designed stadium inside now gives that gives that uh, area some, I don't know, in, it's intriguing now. I want to go check it out. I want, you know, it, it's one of those things if the circle starts to end there, uh, you can you could lock your you know like all right let's bunker down in the stadium it's gonna be a crazy a crazy fight there but we'll see what happens you know it just it gives it chance because before if you put yourself on the roof you had no cover if you put yourself on the ground then everybody from every direction was just aiming at you it just it just was a, a it was a crummy design for a building that you really couldn't do anything to which when every other building almost in the entire game has some sort of access to it. Except for this giant circular, you know, uh, um, structure. So the train we've been seeing, we've been seeing the work. If you've been playing the game, you've found the train tracks. You've found the new tunnels through the mountains. You've found all these different areas where the train tracks are going. So now the train's going to be here. It's going to be a loot train. You're going to be able to drop on, get some gear. You're going to be able to fight on it. And yes, the train will destroy things if you don't get out of the way. So you get hit by the train, you're probably dead. Um, which makes sense because that's kind of how it works in real life. I'm just saying, I watched, we watched in the trailer, you watch a car get smoked by the train. I'm like that, how cool would it be to be shooting a car, disable it right when it goes to cross the tracks and let the train just smoke it, you know, like it'd have to be like the most perfect timing situation in the world, but someone will get that clip the first night that, it, that it's live. Watch someone <laughs> will make it happen. Um, or they'll stage it one way or the other. <laughs> 
<clears throat> but um yeah and then they're adding so so with all of that they're also adding a ton of new content to uh, multiplayer as well i don't have it all right in front of me but uh you are getting a bunch of new maps and everything um to multiplayer you are getting the new battle pass and the new battle pass is giving you some cool, what looks to be some cool new looking skins and um obviously we we don't know the weapons and everything but the skins themselves we see a gold masked like character with like a bird that looked kind of cool and cool. yeah there's a couple more interesting like characters i was like hmm i mean i'm already in i i like picking up the pass i've picked up i think every battle pass at this point and uh, i'm ready for a new one so we'll see what happens but it drops in a couple days so you can get your patchwork done now and, and get ready to have some fun i should have started downloading last week you know my internet speed i should have started last week you should have. You should have. Yeah. Um, it's going to, I mean, that's always the challenge. And if you can do it right now, you're going to beat the crowd of the of all the people that get super excited once they see that first clip of someone playing the new thing, the new thing. And then you, everybody on the on, on August 5th just flocks to just destroy the servers and, and slow everything down. Get your patchwork done now. So, um, that's basically what I got for this. And the you could find all the details from uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare website as far as all the new maps that they're adding to multiplayer. They're adding some of the Warzone locations to multiplayer modes too, which is kind of cool. So like the airport is becoming a playable area for the um, for one of the for one of the bigger map modes mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So you, you, we're starting to see kind of those worlds um, start to to mix a little bit more. And yeah, I, I know some people are upset because they wanted a whole new map, but I think this is going to be, this is going to add a good amount of change to the game that we're used to right now. So it should be interesting to see how the meta might shift a little bit here once these things get put into place. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, our, one thing, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. One thing I, one thing I want to know is um, when are we going to start getting Modern Warfare 2 content? Like I would love to get, like a lot of the guns since they brought back modern warfare 2 they just brought back just the game um and i think they said they were going to be incorporating modern warfare 2 con- uh, content so i wonder where we're going to get the guns get some of the map locations or if they give us a second um war zone map but just modern warfare 2 like bigger that's what that's what i want yeah i kind of thought maybe the stadium was going to turn into like a alcatraz style of what they did with blackout oh, which was yeah. like that small small quick battle royale where you just all yep. fight inside the stadium i was kind of thinking that might be fun but them opening it up for the normal game too i'm excited about and it still doesn't stop them from the fact that now that it's a playable area you could have a limited time mode where it was a small chaos inside the stadium so all right, well, that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Please visit GameZillaMedia.com. You can read the blogs. You can watch the YouTube videos. You can listen to all the podcasts. And you can check out everything that we're doing at GameZilla Media from the website. Let's do a, a real quick um, looking at time. We got Yeah, we got a few minutes. Let's do a real quick gaming moment of the week for you guys. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Miggy. Start with Miggy. Gaming moment of the week, my friend. Mm, well, my game moment of the week has to revolve around um, uh, revolve around streaming. Uh, you know, uh, I wrapped up uh, the forest, which was a creepy game. We found Timmy. 
for all you that stopped by and, and watched. Appreciate you. Um, we found Timmy, and I started. I went. I, um, not wanting to terrorize uh, my peoples uh, anymore, I went and dug back in the archive and played uh, Mirror's Edge for the Xbox 360. And oh, the original. I, yeah. This, one of my favorites i've bought that game about five times uh i, I love it I, I love it as a matter of fact i thought i had it and i couldn't find it so i bought it again i bought it again 15 bucks uh on the, on the xbox one but um it's a lot of fun and i was surprised at how many people came through i mean uh, you know from my followers from new people to come through um it was a lot of fun and i and i was getting a lot of refresher tips from some new people that came through some backseat gaming which was much appreciated they waited for me to struggle like die 50 times and then they say well let's try this so yeah looking forward to getting into that wrapping it up this week but uh it's been a lot of fun a lot of nostalgia how about you guys um i my gaming moment of the week would have to be revolving around <sighs> it happened guys it happened uh -oh. I'm, I'm all i'm all in again oh, i'm boy. all in please be rocket league please be rocket Forza. league please be rocket league Forza. i've been playing destiny 2 <laughs> oh, okay okay i support that i i want to support that six months ago i support it now I was uh, I was all in I was all in on uh, I'm I'm all in on Destiny two at the moment. So here's here's the kicker, uh, you guys. You heard the uh, frustration I had with Bungie and and how we, I was trying to play on PC with my friends and blah blah blah. Well, I I, I folded. I I was able to return my digital purchase on my my like current account. I signed into the old account, renamed it, rebranded it so that at least it makes sense to me. And I made the purchase through that account that was already synced to my Bungie account. In the long run, I think it ended up costing me, like I lost out on the sale. So I got my money back and then the sale was over. So it cost me like an extra 15 bucks to kind of go this route. But it allowed me to get started to play games with Owl Zero, Spidey 2KX, and yes, Shop Snyder. And the so, boys. Um, obviously Destiny's only like when you're playing a lot of the standard stuff, it's three man, three man team. So it just, we, we wrote, we've rotated around when someone goes to bed, someone else hops in, but, um, the game is overwhelming how different it is overwhelming how much there is to figure out what you're doing. And at first it like, I was like, maybe I'm not going to continue with this, but Quickly, as I started to kind of understand, and yes, I had some I had some help with people in, in my stream that have more knowledge of Destiny more currently than I did, helping steer us a little bit. I can say I've enjoyed Shadowkeep. I'm enjoying the new way that that, they're, that they brought back random rolls on guns. They brought back you know a lot of those things that I that I liked in Destiny One. The way that they're moving forward into the future with Beyond Light. Um, seems very much, this reminds me a ton of when I played Diablo three, when it first came out and I played through it and I beat it. And then I was like, well, this game wasn't that good. There's a lot of problems with this game. And then, but then Blizzard decided to revamp it. And when you went and we can't, and then chops and I went back to it and it was like, this is an entirely different game. That's, that's how I feel about destiny two right now is that it feels like what Destiny 2 probably should have been coming off of Destiny 1. And so it feels good to me. Obviously, the mechanics and everything are great. 
but I'm having a lot of fun, and it feels it feels like the good old days, right? Playing games with Spidey and Chops and Owl in a way that just kind of feels like the good old days when we all just kind of got home and we're like, we're all jumping on and we're going to go play Destiny for four hours. You know, it just, it feels good. Even I even played some PvP with Spidey the other night, and though I was having a little bit of a hard time because I am not used to that style of PvP, it still was fun when we got into a control round. And I was like, oh my god, I miss control. Like, this is great. So, fun. So um, yeah, I'm very happy to have it back. I'm playing on PC right now. I'm playing, if, except for PvP, I'm playing it 100% keyboard and mouse, and I'm really enjoying it. So... What about what about Deadeye? I feel like he might have a decent game moment of the week, and like I saved him for last for some reason. Yeah, a, a deal caught my eye. A deal on something that I was dead set in the spring, like I'm buying it full price, and then the release date came around. I was like, yeah, I'll wait for a sale. <laughs> uh, I, I I caught that Borderlands Legendary Collection on Switch for thirty five bucks on Amazon, and, and I was like, oh, that's the price right there, just a little over ten bucks a game. And I've said before, I never played the original Borderlands. I, I jumped in at two. So this seemed like the right time to hop in and, and try the game out. And uh, so I started a file. I'm playing as Lilith. And I think now is the right time for me to play this because had I waited any longer, the age of the game would maybe be a deterrent. After playing all the other Borderlands and all the polish and how much better they are at telling a narrative and how much more diverse the side quests are. Um, the first game does feel bland and empty without the, the, the narrative ability that the later games had. So I'm, I'm liking it. It's really cool. Lunch break comes around on work and I'm sitting there playing borderlands. Cause I, I bought borderlands on the Vita and it was really hard to play, but I tried it. Right. So this is a much better experience. The one thing I notice is um, when I, when I play it docked it, the, either the power of the system or the age of the game shows where the frame rate seems a little bit low. It's not butter smooth. Like when I'm playing borderlands three on the PS four um, or even the handsome collection, you know, it, it does feel a little slow. And I do think it's a frame rate thing, but it's not like it's chugging. It's not like it's inhibiting my ability to play. It just doesn't feel graphically premium. Um, but it's, more than playable and so i'm really excited to be digging into that and hopefully i'll make it all the way through and enjoy a, a run of borderlands and then i have two more borderlands games to replay on switch so i think it's super cool yeah and you got you got that price that you were looking for yeah yeah the thir 35 felt like a really good price for it so. so not only did you play video games but you also bought a video game you're back in it you're a gamer again yeah and i i also am close to beating another game and i have time scheduled out this week to play play some last of us 2 i'm 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 really gaming right now it feels good wow, wow. who is this man i don't know yeah. i'm not sure now your wife is still in the picture right uh she's still in the picture but she's uh <laughs> occupied her time with work and doing other things she's like i'm doing this this and this this week i was like i guess i'm playing last of us this week you know like that was i was like cool okay no that's great that's great good to hear those are our gaming moments of the week we always want to hear your gaming moments and you do that in the discord so jump into the discord if you're watching us live then there's going to be a link in the chat if you're not head on over to gamezillamedia.com and right on that community tab you can join the discord 
and come hang out with us when we're not when we're not recording the podcast. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. So that's about it. That's about wraps it up. We uh we had some fun here today on episode 322 of the Games Little Podcast brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters on Patreon. If you're hearing the live stream, you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, wow, that was a cool show. I'd like to give those guys, I don't know, $1 a month or more. Please go to patreon.com slash games of the media and uh, start your patronage today. And I do also want to remind everyone who listened to this show tonight, the GameZilla Media Network has a lot of really good shows covering multiple topics, including retro gaming with The Legend of Retro, Action Movies, Last Action Podcast, Tabletop Gaming, Noobs and Dragons, and Noiseland Arcade, all things Simpsons. So, uh, Please go to our website, GameZillaMedia.com, and listen to the other shows. They're also available all the same places you listen to the GameZilla podcast, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes. We're everywhere. Shout out to uh, D Fizzle and Jessica for becoming our two newest patrons that uh, hit since our last podcast. Yeah, so welcome to welcome to Patreon and enjoy that extra content. Uh, all right. Um, once again, thanks everybody. We appreciate everybody that tuned into the live show here on twitch.tv slash games media. We keep growing this channel. You guys keep following it. We really appreciate it. We're having fun here and, uh, we look forward to keep keeping things rolling. Maybe one day we will get to show you the studio again and, and really get to get back to the swing of things the way that we were used to. But, um, I do want to thank, my co-hosts, my producers here, and and uh, the team at Gamesville Media for us being able to keep the doors open, keep the shows recording, finding ways to make it happen as we as we fight through this uh, difficult time here with COVID nineteen and and the, the the status of of what the world the world is right now. So we're glad we can keep doing the shows. We really enjoy them. Um, you know, it's something that we look forward to every week, but also we really enjoy interacting with you guys. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure you're talking to us in the games, a little podcast channel on the discord afterwards. You know, we'd love to, to keep the topics going and just have this nice, uh, this nice connection, this nice way to connect and, and communicate in, in a time where I, you know, I, I'm more so than than others, just stuck inside of a house. Um, it's uh, it's lonely sometimes, <laughs> but that's why I look forward to hanging out with these two these two goofballs every Monday. It's why I look forward to my streaming and uh, and and Discord's been a good outlet for me. So make sure uh, you guys come hang out and talk with us. Anything else you guys want to uh, talk about before we wrap it up? Were, were we launching the? Were we telling about the OnlyFans this week, or is that? Is that no, that's not this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. The, I got the Shatterbait the week yeah. after. Yeah, the feet. Ah, photo, okay. Yeah, we haven't done our feet photo shoot yet. The, the photographer will be swinging by each one of our houses here shortly. Oh, okay. To, yeah. To, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode three. Oh wait, do you have something, Deadite? I, felt, I no. felt like you had another singer there. I felt like you had another another uh, important piece. Loki <laughs> oh, I have an important piece, but I can't show it on stream. <laughs> All right. Episode 322 of the Games Love Podcast. We are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game on. Game on.